Today we have a guest by the name of Hannah Faust. She's from Utah, but she's from the South. So she's coming home virtually to see us. She's experienced in social work and teaching. Well, we have that in common because I am an old social worker. Uh, she finds joy and beauty in illuminating the stories of others. She believes that there is a great healing in writing and that poetry is one of the many avenues to express emotion through creativity. And one way that Hannah promotes the voices of others is through ghostwriting for authors looking to tell their own personal stories. She is a co-founder and the team publicist for the Inner World Movement and its up-and-coming emotional education platform that provides tools, coaching, community, and support. Let's meet Hannah. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So you are from the South. How did you end up in Utah? Um, so I did a program called Teach for America. And um, so I taught kindergarten in Texas for a couple of years. And then mm -hmm. I um, went to a, a retreat with a friend of mine here in Utah. And the mountains here reminded me of home. Um, and so I don't get the beach like I like I did, but um, at least I get to see the mountains every day around me. And I just decided to move because I have a lot of friends here. So wonderful. Yeah. I have a niece that lives out there at the military base. So yeah, she likes it out there. She likes the cold weather. Yeah, it's not, nice. Yeah, not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no humidity. <laughs> no, I have not been to Utah. My daughter has, and. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was stationed in Texas in the military, so I've been there. <laughs> so you are a ghostwriter. Um, I am. I have, I actually, this is my first book that I'm working on right now. I'm working with a shaman. And ooh. so um, we're writing a book about shamanism and her, her um, ability to train people in shamanism. And so um, that's that book. So that's what I'm working on right now. And um, I'm working on my own book as well, um, but that's a little bit slower, slower moving. <laughs> oh, now you have my interest. What are you writing about for yourself? I want to write about myself. I want to write about my life and the way that, um, I, you know, I never thought that my life could be what it is now. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you're in a lot of darkness, it's hard for you to see past it. You get tunnel vision and that's all that you can see. And um, in those moments, I really felt like I was alone. I didn't know that there were people like me. And um, so I, I'm really interested in story. That's my passion. I love it. I think that when someone tells a story, there's so much common humanity in what they're saying, whether or not they have the same story. And they're mm -hmm. able to really um, break through all of the traditions and cultures and all the things that hold us back from connecting with one another. And you can really start to see who a human being is and, and it, it helps people not to feel alone. And so that's, that's what I want to write about. <laughs> for myself. Wow, that sounds interesting. Do you have a working title for your book? I don't, not yet. It has to come to you yet. Yeah, it's not come yet. It's not form formulated. I'm only a couple chapters in and really um, we're, we're in the working, working out of, there's a lot that goes into writing a story when it's your story because there's mm -hmm. also other characters and you want to yes. honor them and their stories. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm I'm working through all of that. <laughs> right, right. I understand that. I actually have written my life story, but I've never published it. It's kind of wow. just for my own. I don't know if I'll ever do anything with it or not. But yeah, so I know it. There's so many people in the story. I don't want to step on any toes or exactly. hurting feelings. And so, um, and I probably had a more fortunate life than some people did. So, um, but yeah, and, and same here. I, I feel the same way. Um, I know that there are people who have a whole lot, um, they have a lot more challenges than I do and did growing up. And um, I, I do, I love and honor everyone in my story. And so it's like, mm-hmm. how do you, about something truthfully write about it in a way that honors you and honors mm-hmm. them because this is Absolutely. my truth and I want to share it mm-hmm. so yeah do you ever find yourself writing like fictional stories that bring in life characters you know that keep I, have, life? I have I've tried my hand at it it's um it's hard because it's almost obvious who I would like what I would be writing about and who I would be writing about and trying to spin it that way. <laughs> and yeah. so, and then there's something about it for me. Um, when I first started writing, I was in counseling. I was 14 years old. I couldn't mm-hmm. even speak about the things that were going on in my life. And mm-hmm. so she was trying to get me to speak and I had no way of verbalizing. And so right. what she ended up doing is asking me to write about it. And that's truly where I found mm-hmm. out um, that I have a gift and and I couldn't speak about it still. And so she would then read it. And so then mm-hmm. she um, then we could kind of talk about it. And then she had me read it out loud and it gave me a voice and saved my life. And so I really Perfect. think um, I just really think that writing is such a great tool and it mm-hmm. connects people, whether they're the reader or the writer. And I believe that everyone can write if they mm-hmm. if they spend their time to do it. So Sure, yeah. yeah. In one way or another, they can do it. In fact, I just figured out that um, I didn't, this is a new enhancement, I guess, to my word program I didn't know existed. And I'm excited because I can actually now talk to my computer and it types for me. Yeah, and that's so cool. Huh? It's like, what? I didn't have to buy this. I mean, it just came with the program. It's just an upgrade. I'm like, oh man, this is this is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just never stop writing at that point. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I, I know I'm getting old. I got arthritis, so if I have a way of talking into the computer when I'm having a rough day, then I can I don't have an excuse then, do I? <laughs> yeah. And if you, I'm just as a publicist, this is something that I do sometimes um, because we go on podcasts and I get guests for um, the inner world movement is there's a, um, there's an app that I use. I forget what it's called, um, but you can put your audio through the app and it transcribes it for you. And then you can take take that and turn it into a blog or like Mm -hmm. different posts. And so um, that's another way just that I've used my writing is like um, being able to turn turn audio into a blog poster you can use use it for a, a whole lot of things so yes i have heard about that and uh, like what i do with the podcasting can be you know transcribed for you if you want to do a transcription to go along with it so i may end up doing that at some point because yeah. i have some people that um, are deaf or hard of hearing and would probably you know what they call hearing impaired i guess i should probably say um that um would probably like that if they could um, read what's being said. Yeah. Perfect. 
Now, you work with this movement. Uh, it's called Inner World Movement. I'm going to share my screen in a second here. Here we go. So tell us about this. It sounds like something yeah. you're really excited about. Yeah, the Inner World Movement is a is there's four of us on our team is four people who come from diverse backgrounds and we all um we all have the the common belief that um the world doesn't have there's not a lot of tools out there people don't even know that that their inner world is so attached to their to the results that they're getting and so they don't know how they don't have the tools to heal and and find um healing for the things so like um we on our platform we want to cultivate the awareness of like your inner world is attached to your outer world and so um we have a few people she, she's showing right now it's um it's natalia yates me dana Fal i mean dana um parker and brent satterfield um dana is the coach of the inner world movement so she really provides a whole lot of uh, tangible things that people can be doing to enhance their lives um, mm -hmm. and find emotional healing. We've all been through um, a variety of different things um, as as far as um, spiritual transitions, um, going against what society may think is the right thing for your life. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different things that we, um, in, in life right now, um, when we wanna make a change, we're also like, there's two roads. You wanna do one thing, but then the other road isn't what you want to live but it's what society kind of wants you to live if you mm -hmm. take that harder road and you make the choice to live the life that you you are going to love then you're really going to um come up against some some friction and so in our movement we just want to be able to give the people the tools and the community and the ability to um to make those decisions and have community and have support and have people who believe in them and and can say we have made decisions that were hard for our lives and we came out on the other side and and you know what you can do it too and here's the tools oh, and yeah. here's how you can heal so that's that's what the inner world movement is my part in it is the publicist i we're gonna have a creative corner on there soon mm -hmm. i'm planning on putting the poems that if i read poems today mm -hmm. um, i'm planning on putting those on the um site along with this interview and mm -hmm. it's just going to be a platform for people whoever wants to share um whatever it is that they're writing give other people a voice give them the ability to share because mm -hmm. we often are so in the doing and we're not in the being of life and so yes that's what yeah. all of that is and i saw a book on there bringing heaven home yes. so we're promoting dr satterfield's book um mm -hmm. he is, he came from a conservative christian background um mm -hmm. and then he started having these um experiences with heaven and these experiences kind of were counter to the beliefs that he had um held so strongly to and mm -hmm. the 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 idea that there is only one way to heaven that there's um only one way to to live and he he really focuses on how do you bring heaven to earth how do we as a collective society how are we interacting with one another in a way that we are um connecting and we're like there isn't just one path path is his i is is what he um writes about and so he mm -hmm. writes about all these experiences with heaven and um what they taught him along the way and so it's a really impactful and powerful story and that i didn't write that one 
Yeah, it sounds interesting. It kind of makes me think of Leo Basaglia's, and I don't think I'm pronouncing his name right, Leo Basaglia's book on love. He wrote several different things, and he's no longer with us, but he basically tried to live his life and in, in taught the example much like what Jesus would if he were here today. How would he live his life in our world now? And um, I was just fascinated with him. Well, it still has influenced me, and um, yeah. yeah, it makes me think of that. Yeah, because it ties into everything because it's, it's um, I know personally for me and my experience with Jesus is, is very, um, it's, there's a way that society teaches who he is, and then there's who, who to me he is, and to, mm -hmm. to other people experience him in different ways. And um, I just think it's incredibly powerful when you are able to peel back all of the layers of society and all the things that people say that you should believe about someone and turn off all those voices and listen mm -hmm. for yourself and, and live it yourself. And mm -hmm. so that's something we're excited about. Okay. Now tell me about your poetry. How long have you been writing? I have been writing poetry, um, you know, I did, I started writing when I was 14, but um, I didn't really have time. I wasn't really a slow down and write poetry kind of, kind of person until um, when I was about 22, I was going through a lot and I was trying to, um, I, I didn't want to, to write out all the story. I wanted the emotion there and I wanted to be able to cut through everything and get to the root of this is what I'm feeling. And so I was about 22 and I started writing and these phrases would start coming to me and it would just be a phrase. And so I'd write it down and I'd be like, whatever, that's weird, but it's cool. It sounds really cool. So like, whatever. And then a little bit later, it would just keep building. And so the feeling, there's like a feeling of like, I need to get this out. There's something inside of me that needs to come out. And so um, that's the kind of poet I am. I usually, if, um, I don't have the patience to sit down and try to make something happen. It doesn't really happen mm -hmm. the way I'd like it to if I do that. And mm -hmm. so it's a very feminine process. It's a very slow, like just trying to um, right. allow it to come kind of way. Okay. So. How about you share some of your poetry with us? Sure. So um, the first poem that I would like to read is called D. And I wrote it for a friend of mine. Um, I was watching her go through a hard circumstance and um, when you're watching someone do something brave sometimes um, sometimes you you can see the whole picture and and so mm -hmm. I just wanted to capture that for her and give it to her as a gift and so it's called D. Okay. <clears throat> Painted on garments of a former member blood smeared D on her chest. Their lips curl in anger at her freedom. It's not just him she's divorcing. The stench of unworthy lingers and all in the crowd are pretenders. Downward glances tighten chains, simultaneously protecting glass houses. Dreaming of a table where all can be seated, she begins to dance on display. Garments torn in a pile and yet she is covered in grace. Dancing undignified, misunderstood. They foam at the mouth to condemn. Arms outstretched protecting innocent eyes, but small feet climb the steps of the stage. Wow, that's powerful. You know, I can visualize yeah. that. 
Yeah, it's really a story of someone who's going through um, transition and in, in, in a family that doesn't really allow that kind of um, mm -hmm. difference of opinion. And and there's an understanding in, in a lot of cases that um, children are going to be affected in a certain way or like people just they write narratives without knowing what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And in my view, and in the view of others, it could be, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be right. Who knows? We, we, we can't write someone's story for them. Yeah. Um, but when you see someone make such a brave um, choice, um, a lot of times you don't, you don't see until later the effects of it. And so um, while someone makes a decision, someone else can see that and say, wow, that was brave. And so then they'll climb the stage and they'll mm -hmm. be empowered by it and so that's really where that came from exactly you know and we're all a part of a, a larger community you know it's kind of that it takes a village kind of uh, thinking of connecting with other people that are going through some of those same things which sounds like a lot of what you all work with on a day-to-day -day basis yeah that's the plan that's the the hope we're trying to gather as many people who are like-minded as want to come and be welcomed and listened to. So well, that's great. And when I look at the the faces of the people that are on your staff, that you know, in the pictures, everybody looks so happy and welcoming. I mean, I feel comfortable walking in the door and saying, "Who can I talk to?" They're all going to be good here. <laughs> yeah, I'm the most introverted. I'm usually on the other side of the camera, so I'm the most introverted of the group and most quiet I'm usually used to being on the other side of the camera like I said and um so they are very they're very extroverted very welcoming and you've got to be if you're a coach and then if you're an author promoting a book you kind of have to step outside of your nerves and step <laughs> the comfort so, zone <laughs> yeah yeah are you planning on a, a poetry book at some point you know I since my writing style is so waiting on things to come and, and being hit by things and differently, mm -hmm. I noticed that the more I write, the more comes. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm writing a ton right now just for work and for pleasure. And so um, I'm expecting to keep collecting. And, you know, I, I probably it will be later in my life if that's what happens, but I'd be open to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are a lot of people, um, and some I've interviewed on here, quite a few actually, that I've interviewed that um, waited, they collected poems for 40 years before they wrote the actual book. You know, so it happens that way. You get busy with life and life's terms and different, you know, making a living, yeah. raising kids or whatever they're doing. And, you know, it just piles up. And then like all of a sudden they have time and they say, well, I guess this is the time to write that book. That's so exciting. Yeah, I've watched a few of them. I was like, wow, 10 years old. You've been collecting for a long time. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've written since I was a kid, but I didn't start collecting until about sixth grade. Wow. Um, yeah, and then I, some over the years, I have long gone somewhere else. But anyway, um, how about another poem? Sure. This one is called Light. This is one of my favorites. I performed it at a spoken word. Um, like at an open mic one time and mm -hmm. it was written for spoken word but my personality is not much of a like huge performer mm -hmm. so um but this one's called light 
I watched from the living room window, that chubby angel conversing with the wind. His rosy cheeks would jog on in, and he'd cry that tragedy had struck his imaginary friend. We need to help, he'd say. Our friendship was magical. Fort Cities took us from China to the zoo. He was the bright side. The day I pulled the light from a firefly and made it a ring, he informed me that I couldn't make it shine again. I didn't know what I had done. We lived in the dark, two little lights. There was another like us who used to love us, but he pulled the light from me and it wouldn't shine again. I believed that I was darkness. Blanket forts turned to a hospital room and the once chubby angel came to visit. I coped through pills and therapy, but it was artificial light. And then I walked down a road filled with strangers familiar, shining like fireflies, they saw my light and held up a mirror for me. My light was never extinguished, but beliefs about it were. I didn't know what I had done, but I never stopped shining. Well, that's like a poem of hope. I mean, you know, going from one, one phase over to the other, so you, it ended up being a real happy ending, you know. Yeah. You able to yeah, be amongst people. Thanks. I really appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. I think it, it at what I was aiming for is, um, is that whole, that, that swing from, I, I will drive sometimes while I'm, while I've been living here and I'll look at the mountains and I'll be like, I cannot believe my life. I can't believe that this is possible. Like I couldn't have seen it had it hit me in the face that the, that the life that I'm living right now is, is my reality. And mm -hmm. so um, to go from hard, those hard things and to, to carry those as if I am darkness and then to live in the light and to re recognize my light and to believe that I didn't change when those things happened. Those things weren't extinguished in me. And, um, and so I think that's just really powerful for me is, mm -hmm. is when I'm, when I have those recognizings and I, hopefully when people hear them sometime, they'll, if they're in darkness, they'll know that they can get help and that there's hope. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. So important for us to see hope. I'm working on a, a book on hope right now, uh, collaborating with another oh. poet and um, just wrote That's one of the poems for it today. It's, yeah, trying to figure out ways of spreading hope in the world. So That's awesome. Your poem it's needed. Right <laughs> and you have another one called Desert People? Desert People, yeah. This one was written at a retreat um, when I first came, moved to Utah. Um, when I first came to Utah, I went to a retreat for women. Um, and we were all facing a similar um, circumstance. And we had this group where every person told their story. There's eight of us. And it went, it was like, I've been so thirsty for this. I've been so thirsty to have someone tell their story and see my reflection in it and be like, whoa, I'm not alone. And to have that experience of all these people um, was impacting for me. And this came while I was there and then I shared it and it was, it was really beautiful. It was just, it's just something that came. And so, yeah, this one's called Desert People. Okay. I'm familiar with de desert people. 
When I tell them how thirsty I am, I get blank stares. Their empty eyes fi fixate on my words and I crumble right before them. Desert people tell me that there's water up ahead. When I reach for it, it's gone. This time, the joke's not on me. I stand in the desert and the thirst is still there, but I am not alone. There are more here like just like me. Their eyes are not hollow or empty. They are special. Their eyes shine. Their eyes are just like mine. Nice. I like that. It's like Thanks. a community again. Yeah, I think that's a theme for me is the impact of story, the impact of people coming together and just um, being heard and hearing each other and the common humanity of this isn't abnormal. Like as much as you believe that, that you are living and you're weird and these things are shameful and you shouldn't be talking about them or, or any of those things that we believe about ourselves and our story, once you shine light on it, that belief almost becomes like irrelevant because if you love someone in their story and their mm -hmm. story is the same as yours, you find this like self-compassion and the ability to love mm -hmm. yourself in it too. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's incredibly powerful. Absolutely. It's like you radiate the positivity off of each other and the experiences off of each other. Yes. That's yeah. wonderful. Did you want to share another poem? I can. I will share, um, how about Out of Body? <clears throat> okay. This one's called Out of Body. Mm -hmm. If you pinch, if you can pinch an inch, your body is a glutton for space. Words ringing in my ear with no way to escape. 10 years old with a body out of bounds. To eat is both to love and to hate. Food is a comfort and a battlefield. My viceroy soul is trapped between monarch wings. Protection from predators. Yeah. That is so relatable, you know, for yeah. me. Um, battle, constant battle through my life. And I like that you, you did the viceroy and the monarch because they look the same, but that one is totally yeah. different than the other, which I yeah. found out I was doing some actually kind of extensive research on that because it, it was yeah. trying to write something about the viceroy compared to the monarch. And there yeah, you did it so cool. in that poem. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, when that came to me, I was like, that's so true. Many of us feel, especially people in, I consider myself a survivor and the victim mm -hmm. word to me feels like, I just don't like it. But yeah. um, anybody who has gone through hardship at the hands of another person, mm -hmm. um, at least in their body, a lot of times um, they leave their body. And so mm -hmm. um, their body can actually feel like a war zone in some ways. And yeah. so I wanted to, I wanted to um, I wanted to put in a poem. I wanted to write something that that shows that um, you know from a young age, like food doesn't food food and being overweight. And I, I am overweight, weight, but food and being overweight are a lot of times attached to beauty and attached to things that that don't fully tell the whole story. Right. So um, for, for those of us, I'm just now learning to be back in my body and to enjoy mm -hmm. being, enjoy this human experience. And it's a, 
it's a interesting experience having left your body and then coming back and being like, this isn't the body that I left. And, and so, and I know that that's so related both for so many people. Yeah. And, um, and so I just want, I, I guess that's my purpose here is just, I, I want people who have experienced all of these different things to know that they're not alone and that they can, mm-hmm. um, that they can heal and that there's tools for them to heal. And so that's, that's what the inner world movement's all about. Wow. That's, that's so interesting. So amazing. Um, you know, we shared about that and it's, it's true. And with, with a whole body and identity and what it's attached to and really does not need to be attached to in this world. It's too bad. We just need to be who we are. And, you know, that's, that's, yeah. And there's a lot of initiatives out there that, that are doing their best to shine the light. And it's almost like a, the, the, the missing aspect is simply, um, the emotional intelligence of it of saying there's there's reason for this there's story behind these people you're it's, it's a lumping of an entire population of people into mm-hmm. habit instead of into um something that's probably more true true to their story and so exactly yeah like i know i was with somebody one day that we're talking about someone's size and i said you know you don't know anything about that person you don't know you know what's going on in their life you don't know if they if they've got a health condition or if they've been abused or if you know there's some people that no matter what they do they can't lose a pound you know there's so many reasons that people like myself are the size that they are you know and you know it's we gotta step back and have that empathy for people because you don't know yeah. their story. And furthermore, we all have our own story that, you know, so and I found yeah. that most people just need more awareness. Yeah, it's true. And that's part of um, part of that whole outer world. We're expecting people to change their outer world without having any concept of the inner world. And, exactly. and so it's like a collect, collective not knowing of what's going mm-hmm. on with people and not really truly connecting with people because if, because the narrow narrative would change. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of that's kind of the importance of of um of what we're doing. And I don't I feel like I'm pounding that, but <laughs> No, you're not. It's it's very intriguing to me. It's it sounds like I might want to read that book. So yeah, yeah. it sounds it sounds uh, very interesting to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I think things that can empower people to be their best person. I'm all there. I'm all in. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? Um, no, but I would just thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I think what you're doing is important. And um, I would love to, I was looking on your channel. I don't, I might've missed it, but I would love to see you sharing some of your things as well. <laughs> oh um, yeah. I, I do on my podcast, but I haven't done it on YouTube, but you know, you bring up a okay. good point. Maybe I'll do a yeah. video. Yeah, I recently interviewed, actually, um, I was recently interviewed by another podcaster for their podcast. So I'll have to share that with you. Great. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. But well, thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on. I've really have thoroughly enjoyed this and uh, just keep writing that poetry. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Maybe I'll yeah. give, you, give you a holler when I'm getting ready to do my next anthology. Maybe you could contribute to it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we've got one now getting ready to putting it together for press, and it's um, 47 people, including me, that wow. contributed to it. So um, it's called Heartbeats, two words. That's awesome. And uh, it's about what makes your heart beat. So, yeah. I think you so fit great. right in. <laughs> Well, thank you. It. Thank you so much. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prolific Pulse Poetry Podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please send an email to prolificpulse at gmail.com and put podcast in the subject line. Thank you and have a great day. Bye-bye.